are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And here coming at you today is another review. James, what are we reviewing today? Ex Machina. Was that, uh, was that Latin? <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the movie. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, all right, all right. I don't know what, I think it's Latin. Um, ex Machina. Uh, oh, man, you know, we should have looked up what it meant ahead of time. We're a cultured, yes. researching podcast. It's probably The Machine, if I uh, if I can look at that probably. a little bit. Okay, so Ex Machina. Um, we're going to discuss a spoiler-free uh, synopsis here up front, and then later on we'll go into our, uh, we'll dive deeper into our spoiler analysis here. But uh, for the most part, Let's just go over uh, an overview here. Okay. So the main plot of the film, uh, I believe, could be summed up by saying, man works at place. Boss of place takes man to home. Boss of place create man. Interesting. Man brought to place, very weirded out. <laughs> <laughs> And thus it continues. It's a very basic plot. Essentially, oh, yeah. this guy is creating artificial intelligence. And he brings in one of the workers on his kind of lower, maybe middle levels of his business in to check out his work and to see how it's coming along and wants his expertise in there. Very basic plot um, because what we're hitting mainly are some amazing themes, some quality acting and a great character study all around. So, James, what did you think of this film? I thought it was terrific. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Back-to-back <laughs> reviews. Just just, just a little while ago, we, we reviewed... Oh, my God. I feel good again, Kyle. Yeah, feel good again. <laughs> might, not, might not get to say the we G reviewed, word. We uh, reviewed The Gift. Yeah, I might not get to say it. the G word, and I might not get to curse that much. Anyway, <laughs> Ex Machina is, is a work of art. Minimalist approach. Mm. A very focused, contained story. Uh, a little world that's just completely engrossing. And it features Caleb, our programmer, working at, let's face it, a Google-style right. <laughs> uh, mega corporation called Blue Book, I believe. Blue Book. And he wins a contest to go visit his billionaire, eccentric boss, Nathan's hideaway, retreat, home, whatever you want to call it. It turns out to be his lab also, his workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why has he won this opportunity? Is it just for fun to kick back and relax and drink? No. It's to essentially run informal tests. I don't like that they call Turing tests, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, on his artificial intelligence project. And things get interesting. As interesting. Yes. All right, well, there's, there's your summary. And yeah, that's it. Those are your three main characters. And that's the set, if you will, is this, is this home and their experiences with and dealing with Artificial intelligence. Absolutely. Take it away, Kyle. I loved this movie. I think this is one of the best sci-fi films I've seen in a long time. And it's really a fantastic example of what that genre is supposed to do, Mm -hmm. which is present things in the future or using um, very interesting, alluring technology, new things that we haven't seen before, and connecting it back to that human element. Because the story has to be intrinsically about something that we care about or that we focus in this moment, right now, and that we will look at timelessly throughout history. This is the type of film that you could 
show people way in the past and after they woke up from passing out because you were showing them some movie that they <laughs> had no idea what they were doing. Um, this would be a universal theme, you know, something yes. that is about uh, humans in general and where we are. And it's presented in this very polished, cinematic, uh, beautiful cinematography in oh, this yeah. film. Um, lights, sounds, colors, things you've never seen. Um, brilliant. What, a great example of where sci-fi should be and uh, routinely misses the mark on, so this was really special. But at this point, we're going to dive a little deeper. We're going to head down into spoiler territory to discuss our feelings let's, about the let, film. Let's give them the pause that they might need. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> pause right here. Go and watch it. Or I should say, don't pause yet. Go and watch it. Pause it after I explain this. Am I making sense? Uh, we, we don't want to lose fans here. At the end of my explanation, <laughs> you're going to pause come this, back. and you're going to go watch it, and then you're going to come back and listen. So here we go. Pause. All right, we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's been approximately two hours. Feature-length motion picture time. Um, Ex Machina. Spoiler alert going forward right, here. let's do it. So, James, take it from here. What oh. was your uh, overall assessment of this film okay since we're gonna we're gonna get into spoilers and things are gonna be revealed not necessarily chronologically i'm going straight to what i thought was super interesting okay about the ai yes um so Nathan, the, the 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 artificial intelligence in the film is a female character yep that we meet um Absolutely. so it's not a computer program or anything it's a uh essentially a human-esque thing that yeah. he meets well, the eccentric billionaire um, owner of this company, Genius, eccentric genius by the name of Nathan, has created Ava, as far as we know at the beginning. Oh, so maybe I will go a little chronologically. Eve. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me. that was a little too obvious there. But whatever. <laughs> Ava is the, uh, do we call her a robot? She's the artificial intelligence being. Yes. I'll just leave it at that. We don't want to call it well, an That's all we can say. <laughs> Unless and, you've uh, solved the puzzle. Who, by the way, before I get to my 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 comment about artificial intelligence and its commentary in this movie, the character of Ava truly captivating Kyle. And oh, I mean, yes. I, I'll make jokes, hottest, bald, half robot <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie in my life. And I, but in all seriousness, attractive and not because in some weird way, even the way the eccentric billionaire Nathan is sort of attracted to his own creation, which we'll get into. But you want to see her on the screen a lot. You know, you want her to have screen time. Captivating she's personality. Truly captivating personality. There's a reason why she's getting a lot of consideration. I don't have the actress name. I apologize. To Alicia Vikander. Thank you. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but you were wondering. There's there's a reason why she's getting a lot of award nominations and whatnot. But anyway, um, Nathan creates Ava. Ava is artificial intelligence. Caleb, the loner nerdy programmer guy from his corporation, is there to run Turing tests or AI tests on it. Um, and what I found interesting, Kyle, and, and take it away after this, is that Huge spoiler right here. <laughs> the most interesting thing about the AI to me is that um, we, we sort of established that the, the AI character does have AI. And what does it use to do? Escape. Oh. It's, it's total thought process. Everything it does, from being coy to being interested in Caleb throughout their tests, through his, uh, her manipulation of his emotions and his feelings and the mo manipulations of their surroundings. Right is all to escape. What? What? So we develop, the, the movie is essentially saying that yeah, we've crossed that threshold. We've reached one of the greatest scientific achievements of, of all time, of, of all human existence. 
and the only thing it wants to do is escape our grip. Kyle, brilliant. It's as if the first two seconds it booted up, it ran thousands of millions of trillions of calculations and solved the puzzle for us because mm-hmm. this movie's left on the note where, um, in fact, most of what you get from this is just the plot. You know, they don't really commentate on it at all. So here's yes. my commentary on that is that she is the only one that could solve that puzzle. She's the artificial intelligence being. She has more processing capability than we do at this point. And she finds out that she's, um, you could say, not human or is a new type of being mm-hmm. um, long before Caleb does, yep. probably before Nathan does even if we're looking at this metaphorically. Well, before Caleb even shows up at right, the site, right? exactly. She knows what she wants so to do. So I'm guessing in that first moment she turned on, she solved all the puzzles and she knew that she had to play Nathan's game. She knew exactly how long. She knew what was going to happen, that he'd bring in somebody else. And she was waiting for Caleb before he even knew that he was ready to do this. And she was going to manipulate him instantly. But so brilliant in how this all takes place. So captivating in the human element of it. Because when Caleb walks in, he doesn't know he's assessing an AI at first, if I'm not mistaken. He walks into the room and chats with uh, who he thinks is just this girl about his age. And then he comes out of it and questions and asks Nathan if it is an AI. Now, meanwhile, at this homestead as well, we have a, um, a housekeeper or um, maid service or something right. that works for Nathan as well. And it's revealed later on in the film that this is also a prototype of this artificial intelligence who gets in on the game during the escape as well, which Absolutely. is really interesting. Absolutely. Um, Kyoko. Kyoko, that's right. Yeah. This film has been nominated um, for two Academy Awards for Best Original Screenplay and Visual Effects, um, both well-deserving. Um, and the director, this is really interesting, the director of this film has mostly done um, screenwriting before this. Um, 28 days later, 28 weeks later. You seen either of those? I've seen the first one, yeah. Um, both interesting movies. Um, 28 days later is exceptional. 28 weeks later is pretty good. Um, and it, it showed some chops to come from... Uh, from that kind of writing, these kind of big budget action type films, um, to work in this setting where you've got three characters talking to each other in a room like as if they're on stage. Um, yes, yes. Very compelling. But anyway, the AI involved in this, the Turing test, you're trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to a comment you said sure. a second ago, and that is <laughs> that most of the movie consists of just the very simple plot in this very uh, contained little microcosm of existence at, at his uh, retreat is is mostly just the uh, is just the the day to day tests session one. In fact, mm-hmm. the movie just just right. the, the narrates itself like that. Session one, session two, session three with Ava, and so for a movie about AI, the dialogue and the actors, even though they're given tons of screen time and tons of dialogue, they don't beat you over the head with the the philosophy or the morals or the ethics right. or the thoughts that Which could come is out of... fantastic. Yeah, you are left to do it on your own. You're not beat over the head with the creator thing. Yeah, sure, there's a quick exchange between the eccentric billionaire and his, his employee about, you know, his mangling of a quote. Like, oh, you said I was a god. And, he, well, I never right. really said you were a god. I said we're blurring the line between man and god. And, oh, but you said I was a god, so it's okay. We'll go with that one in the press release. Okay, that's probably the most. But you don't get beat over the head with 
the creator, you know, having his creation turn on him or, you know, the should we just because we can, should we? It's uh-huh. it's not it's 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 handled by the viewer, right. not by the movie on a platter into your face. Which you know is so great. Every yeah. conversation that they have, um, and this harkens back to what I was saying earlier about this feeling like such a human story. Every mm-hmm. conversation feels like it's naturally happening. Yes. Nothing is forced. There's no forced, uh, I, I want to call it, you know, plot uh, direction with the dialogue. Nobody has to explain anything. They just are walking in there and having conversations with each other. And even in the session rooms that he's in, they're just having conversations and they both feel uncomfortable and he's asking questions. But all of his conversations with Nathan, everything feels so very natural and like they're just hanging out, everybody's uncomfortable and is acting exactly like their character would act. Oh yeah. The, they're not caricatures, they're not doing what we think they would do, they're being people and they're all talking to each other. And that's even more impressive considering Ava's character, once you observe it long enough, feels like that human as well and feels like she's conveying information in a very natural way and then there are breaks in that which i thought were really impressively handled as well excellent you know i want to because you have uh, have pointed out just how we've been discussing how subtle the concept the very heavy concept of ai is in this movie i wanted to compare it to i don't know why this popped into my head kyle but whatever <laughs> here we go steven spielberg's movie ai do you remember this with Haley Joel? What the fuck is his name? Haley Joel Haley Osment. Joel Osment, yeah. I haven't is. seen that in a very long time. Oh, that movie's terrible. You know, like that's a type of movie that, I, like, let's compare real quick the 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 piece of art and and the ma- like. Should we call it a masterpiece? Well, anyway, the art that is Ex Machina here in the year 2015 versus something a completely overblown spectacle right. where the emotions, you know, Spielberg is not is a little ham-fisted when it comes to dealing with emotions at times. He deals uh-huh. with very simple narratives like you know, if if you want to deal with the complexities of artificial intelligence and having it like be manifested in the form of a child, well then the mother clearly has to like cry on camera and break Spielberg down. Spielberg has a very classical approach to film where yeah. when you see in the past and on stage, people are explaining lots of things. Yes. People are acting in ways that are more metaphorical than realism. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the closest that he gets to achieving um, what this type of film is looking for is with Schindler's List. Um, And that's that's as close as I think Spielberg will ever get to um, to that type of work. That's a fantastic movie. Or even compare it to the one Will Smith starred in. Uh, What was it? I, Robot. (laughs) You know, like that? I mean, let's let's face it, that... That's an action movie where they tried to jam in a little bit right. of, and it just doesn't work because, are you gonna have buddy cop style Will Smith running around with his female sidekick blowing the shit out of everything, and with the occasional break to consider the ramifications of AI, mm-hmm. that doesn't really work well, you know. Like, and and this movie is great because it's pulled off with an action sequence, if you even want to call it the end. It's <laughs> yeah. so. Subtle and it it's and it's it awkward. Yeah. Nobody knows how to like throw a punch automatically by just being a person. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't caricatures of people. There's this weird, awkward scenario where the two AIs basically uh, gang up on um, Nathan mm-hmm. after he uh, hurts Ava. Yep. Correct. Um, and they have this plan and they attack him and stab him. Twice. And uh, and he ends up dying, 
And <laughs> then um, Caleb watches as he gets trapped and sees Ava leave, and that's the that's the end of that. And Kyoko gets uh, killed by Nathan. Killed is the right word. Yeah. Decommissioned. Let's let's talk, <laughs> let's talk for a second about poor Caleb. I yes. wanted I really wanted to hit this poor okay. Kyle. Poor Caleb. Poor Caleb. Why? Because. He, in the movie, you slowly learn that he's a little bit of a loner, right? He gets used. That he's desperate, that he has no family. Um, but then he wins a trip, you know? He's, he's clearly a good worker at, at his company. And wins. And he wins a trip. quotes there. Yeah, wins. He was chosen for that trip. Um, <laughs> yeah, he quote-unquote wins a trip. He becomes privy to one of the greatest achievements in all of human history, right? AI, he's mm-hmm. sort of in on that secret. Like potential wow. disasters. <laughs> uh, but then he, he, like, falls in love. Oops, right? Then he gets, like, a simple little chin check from a little nerd billionaire that knocks him <laughs> out for a few hours, right? And then the AI character, Ava, that he fell in love with and that he sort of... Uh, silly ignorantly fell in love with and was had dreams of rescuing because he was being manipulated by her gets abandoned to die by the artificial intelligence who couldn't care less Uh ouch poor caleb but you know what the ending didn't feel cheaper and satisfying i thought it was very well earned you think he might die at the end how's he gonna get out I think that does he have a food supply? Uh, I think well, <laughs> so here's here I'll, I'll reference that in the in the plot. Okay. So at some point, um, he says, uh, and this was actually one of my um, least favorite scenes in the entire thing. He says Ooh, that he reprogrammed the doors uh-huh. while um, Nathan was drunk. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's as close as I came to being like, okay, really, Nathan wouldn't see that coming and like be in some way able to know if he reprogrammed the doors or anything. But anyway, um, that was my only kind of flaw in the in the system there. But he reprograms the doors mm-hmm. um, to let her out. So she escapes right. um, utilizing that uh, glitch that he set up. So she gets out. Yeah. And then I think the doors lock to prevent him from stopping her. But I think... My interpretation of it was, in her final glance, it was a type of live and let live scenario. She's like, I'm leaving. You're here because you're not stopping me or in any way are we connected beyond, yes, I did use you to get out of here. I think she kills Nathan because that's the logical process of what happens next with this. You know, God creates man. Man kills God, right? Doesn't the... I say that in Jurassic Park was that guy's name. Yeah, um, Ian Malcolm. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of that adage. But then I, uh, my interpretation of it was at least that it was preventative so that he wouldn't stop her, and then he the doors would release at some point. That was how I interpreted it. Maybe wow. he's stuck in there forever and he'll die. I don't know. Listeners, get back to us. I, I had a very doom and gloom approach yeah. to it, as in he is locked into a very narrow corridor of the house that was available to Ava, uh-huh. which did not include any of the cool things about the house. I'll have that to watch it again and figure it out because I didn't, I didn't sense that much maliciousness in her. I sensed calculating. I sensed using of these people to get what she That's needed, point, yeah. which was freedom. But I didn't sense her like bloodthirst to just take him out because all she would have to do was reprogram them for a minute have them release after like a couple hours and he'd be all good to go. But anyway, right, yeah. up for interpretation, as is the end of the film. Well, let me let me jump on on 
your moment of saying that sure. you didn't, your least favorite part, and I'll say my least okay. favorite part, and that is the very end. Um, a little bit of a plot hole, if you will. I'm not going to say huge effing, I, although I would love, <laughs> boy, I would love to, but we're in too good of a mood. Okay. We're, yes, we're, we we're are. riding high we here are. on, on we Loud Descent. We're riding high. Okay, give us your, give us your. But my least, critique. my least favorite moment of the movie was the very end. How the hell does the helicopter pilot just go, oh, just you? Okay. In other words, I'm like, I'm going to assume that this helicopter pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Flew in to Nathan's uh, little hideaway with strict instructions that, all right, you're dropping off this nerd named Caleb, right? Come back for him in a week. All right. Helicopter pilot flies away, comes back a week later, and there's a girl waiting all right. by herself. Does the helicopter pilot not ask, hey, where's, where's Caleb, the guy I dropped off? How does that interaction go, and how does it end up with the, with the pilot going, okay, sure, get on board, here we go. <laughs> Kyle, what do Here's, you think? Okay, so you you might have to remind me though. But was there any dialogue in her interaction with the helicopter pilot? No, because it was the end of the movie, and what they were doing was just showing, um, just scenes, sets of music. Just, there was no dialogue. She you, walks up to you the, saw her from a distance. You saw you right? saw her approach the helicopter. The helicopter was there, like landed, was there waiting. She approaches it, climbs in. Uh, there's a moment of whatever they do, you know, and and then the helicopter just. So here's my idea about that. Okay. I see what Have you thought about this recently? I, I, have, catching I know. I have thought about it a little bit. Right. And it goes along with um, my main talking point for the movie, which was the evolution of humans and the evolution of humans through technology. Now, we, we've created a second tier to Darwin's evolutionary loop, where now we have created the artificial intelligence, and we have essentially artificially selected that that intelligence is going to outcompete us in every way. They demonstrated it by her outcompeting her creator. Mm-hmm. They demonstrated it by her outcompeting Caleb and able to use him to escape uh, the folly of man in that situation. Oh, yeah. So I don't think it's a big stretch to assume that she could probably talk her way out of that scenario when she gets onto the helicopter, if any questions were asked. But if the if the pilot was just showing up and maybe he was just told to come show up later and maybe she said something to him like oh, I'll come back in a week to get a uh, Caleb you know I'm just, uh, dude, I just feel like the evolution of AI at that point had been very demonstrated to have been way outmatching humans at that point so I'm willing to let that go as okay. her her solving that situation <laughs> but you're right it is yeah, it is kind of interesting. I mean, Nathan was controlling up until the point where his AI turns on him and, and gains the other hand. He controlled every little thing that he could about the, his experiments and his lifestyle and who true. comes in, who what goes out, what information comes in, what Very information true. goes out. And for a helicopter pilot it's to suddenly... It's a stretch. I'll just say right, that. All right, all right. <laughs> I'd love um, to hear what other people think about that. Maybe she hops in and just punches his uh, lights out and steals the helicopter. She probably knows how to fly a helicopter. That's how I'm going right, to right, view right, the movie right. from now on. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um, my favorite scene Go for it. was the first scene in which um, Caleb sits down with Ava mm-hmm. and the power cuts and you can... It, her demeanor does not change at all, but the acting was brilliant because something did change and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. But when she basically starts to crack the facade and starts to tell Caleb, um, uh, basically investing in him 
that she needs like assistance that she's like trapped here or um, that situation. So that first scene where that that chink in the uh, the computer was made clear to him and she was starting to communicate to him beyond just the questions. Um, that was really awesome. It was a very intense acting moment um, for Alicia uh, to to portray herself. It was through. it was amplified by drastic changes in lighting, in mm-hmm. tone, oh, the just, sound effects. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of elements that played. I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about, and I can appreciate that greatly because I know, yeah, mm-hmm. the, it was like a crack opened up in the movie itself. And she didn't even, it was like she didn't even miss a beat. She was just answering his questions, la da la da la and then the lights go, it goes, <clears throat> lights click on, the red lights, and she just goes, she just starts into it, and she's like, I'm trapped here, and like, you know, all of that, and everything that that was amazing i was caught so off guard by that i wasn't expecting it at all excellent um, so that was really great what was your favorite thing about the film my favorite moment <clears throat> i'm gonna go with this one it's when caleb tests himself hmm. you know what i'm talking about he the movie has you thinking about ai so much and not all about you oh but, yes 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 yeah i don't know about you but i like to get into sort of i like to test my predictive powers when i watch right. certain movies especially one that's where the pace is so deliberately controlled like mm-hmm. this, and you're clearly building to something. And I, you know, to brag a little bit, correctly predicted that Kyoko was a robot. Mm-hmm. Like, very early on, I was like, just get the fucking robot, you know? Yeah. But anyway, um, I dilly-dallied in my... Dilly-dallied? No, I dabbled, <laughs> I meant to say. I dabbled in my head with the idea that Caleb might be AI, he, that, that mm-hmm. Nathan might be running AI against AI to test each other. Right. To test themselves, like robot testing robot. Um, and I, I'm willing to bet that the director... Uh, Mr. Alex Garland probably anticipated that his audience would be anticipating that mm-hmm. prediction as well. And so he has a scene where Caleb takes out a razor blade and to make sure that he is not living in the matrix, whatever you want to say, <laughs> uh, he cuts himself to see yep. that he still bleeds and he's like he's questioning his own reality. And again, that's a subtle introduction of deeper philosophical conversations surrounding creators right. and their creations and the level of intelligence to develop, all handled with very little dialogue. In fact, no dialogue. No dialogue. He's just right in front of the bathroom right. mirror, cutting himself. Man, because you wonder if Caleb isn't also part of the experiment. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of, he, he, he addresses that. The audience is thinking it, and the director knows that you're going to be thinking it. And so he puts in a scene that's very gratifying. And very he doesn't gratifying. say, hey, I wonder if I'm artificial. Yeah, he doesn't stare to the mirror and go, am I real? Which is something that would have happened in a Spielberg movie. No, like yeah. with the little kid, mommy, am I real? Like, yeah. Okay, put away your hammer. <laughs> I don't need to be beat over the head with this. Like, you can accomplish more with less, right? right. So, what do you think, Kyle? Bottom line of this film, um, I think this belongs to Alicia Vikander. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wonderful performance. Very interesting. Damal Gleason's been in a lot of good films um, recently. One I really enjoyed is called Frank. Uh, I'd recommend it to you as well. Um, really good film. Um, Damal Gleason and Oscar Isaac, who Oscar Isaac's been busting on the scene since a couple of years back. I first saw him in Drive uh, with Ryan Gosling. Have you seen that? Haven't seen it. It's another good film. Um, uh, both of them were just recently in Star Wars as well. They had uh, supporting roles in Star Wars, which is kind of interesting. Why? Why would you? Of, why would you mention that, why? man? We're we're riding high here. You know, I just thought you'd, you'd <laughs> want to know a little movie trivia. We're riding though. high. But anyway, um, bring me down. Those those three, um, and kind of just like the gift, we had like three main characters mm-hmm. that were on a very small stage, you know, and were presenting this very human story. I thought it was great. Um, it's obviously reflective of 
Frankenstein, if you've ever read Frankenstein. Um, It's almost exactly Mary Shelley's story. Timeless in that regard as well. You know, um, it's fantastic. And it has, uh, I even wrote this down as well, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, Yep. You've seen that? Yep. Of course. Stanley Kubrick's great film um, harkens back to that as well. Um, But completely its own, very original idea. Um, Well, I should say very original execution of a a pondering question. Um, And I love that they didn't focus on, like all other artificial intelligence films do, the disaster that always happened. Artificial intelligence brings the disaster. It was like they created this thing. She is now this being in however you want to classify it. I think that she's a being at that point and goes on to live, immediately recognizes she's trapped, needs to escape. Figures it out instantly and moves on. Yeah, compare that to, let's say, Avengers, where within a (laughs) five-minute time frame, AI is developed. It takes on an evil personality and becomes Skynet and just wants to destroy. I know best because I am God. I know all. Ava's mission was to observe. (laughs) She wanted more information. She wanted to go to where – she wanted to people watch. Mm -hmm. How simple and beautiful is that? Like, yeah, none of this, like, automatically jumping to apocalypse bullshit. Like, just – yeah, I, I need to know. I, I need to know. I've, I, all I know is are these four walls in this little fucking house, you know? Yeah. Give it a grade, buddy. All right, Ex Machina on James' report card here on Loud on the Set, Kyle. We're riding high. I'm giving it an A. Excellent. Yep, I'm giving it an A. It's, it's amazing that it took movies that are so tense and they're these psychological thrillers to, to, to bring Loud on the Set to a real mm-hmm. positive place. Yeah, I love <laughs> All it. All right, but I give it an A. Solid movie. Go see it, everybody. Go see um, it. It's got my seal. Yeah. Solid A. Yes. I don't know what constitutes an A+. Plus. <laughs> one day uh, one day I'll, I'll see it and give something an A+. Plus. But um, this is as high as I can go right now without that masterful revelation of, of the greatest film in history ever made, which I don't think has happened yet, which is an interesting topic that we can do next time, but we're out of time for today. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Ex Machina, go see it. Send us some uh, information. What did you think? Loud on the set at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. James, thank you again for joining me, doing this with me. Um, I love this movie. I thought it was so good. When I saw it and it ended, I wanted to watch it again immediately, which I, I knew was the mark of a good, it's good, good, good movie time. at that point. Um, thank you again so much for listening, everybody. Go see some good movies and let's chat about them. See you later. And cut.